This is Changing the Rules, a podcast about designing the life you want to live. Hosted by Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Changing the Rules. I'm Casey Dempster, and I'm here with Ray Lowe. And uh, once again, we are bringing you a podcast that is intended to help you become one of the luckiest people in the world. And one of the things that we want people to do is to to explore opportunities and and learn about things so that they can decide what they want in their personally designed life. And they can bring that in, and then they can live their life to the fullest. So good morning, Ray. Thank you. And so we have a wonderful guest today. This is a guest that I've known for quite a while, okay? And I've sat in many meetings with her over the years. And uh, she certainly is one of the luckiest people in the world. She has transformed her life over that period of time and gone from a corporate employee, uh, which may have been a good thing for her at that point in time, but to an independent contractor where she controls the way she does business and how she does business. And what she's done is some magnificent magnificent things for other people. <laughs> it's well, all about control for you, uh, right? Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get that right. So, uh, Taylor, why don't you tell everybody where we are and then we'll bring Ashley Allen on. You're listening to Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. We will be right back with more exciting information. Welcome back, everybody. I am delighted to be able to introduce to you Ashley Allen, who has an amazing career behind her and ahead of her. And as Ray mentioned earlier, she started out in the corporate world, um, you know, doing all the business training and management and uh, strategic planning and so forth, uh, extensive domestic and international experience, um, facilitating programs in a lot of companies. And um, then she ended up uh, having a decision made for her that uh, opened up the world of entrepreneurship to her. And she started her own business. And um, rather than spend a lot of time on details that will probably come out during the conversation, I just want to say that for me, the most important thing on this bio that Ashley sent us is that she is learning to play the fiddle. Good morning, Ashley. Welcome. Okay, Um, Ashley. Uh, before we get into the really good stuff, okay, you got to tell us now about the fiddle. I mean, it's it's open, right? So when did this happen? How did it happen? And why the fiddle? Oh, well, good, good morning, Ray. Good morning, Casey. It is just such a delight to be with both of you today and also with all of your listeners. And um, the fiddle was actually a very practical application for me. I'm a firm believer that the two ways to keep your brain fresh as you go through the decades is to learn a musical instrument and to learn a new language. And I've dabbled in languages, but um, I wanted to learn a musical instrument. And um, one of my brothers-in-law said, well, you should consider the fiddle. It's portable and it plays the melody. And I thought, <laughs> well, that, that's very practical. I'll, I'll go rent a fiddle. And um, little did I know, and now five years later, just how difficult it is. But um, my my phrase for anyone starting a new language, a new adventure, a new instrument, um, is the fact that it's very counterintuitive. You can be so bad at something 
but enjoy it so much. And that's certainly true with me and the fiddling. So I asked you the question of when you were going to do a bluegrass concert for me, and you said, no, that's not what I'm doing. So, so what are you playing? Most of the music that I play is, um, I, I do Irish, Scottish, um, old time. And as, as we all know, they're just, they're, you know, hundreds of types of music and they can be very either country specific, region specific, decade specific, but I've, I've kind of focused on old time Irish and Scottish and holiday songs. I'm starting to practice those again now. <laughs> okay. So quickly, is there a difference between a violin and a fiddle? It is the same instrument, okay. um, and th- there can be tiny little tweaks made to one part of the instrument. But it is it is really the kind of music that you play. You have okay. the you have the fiddle, you have a bow. They're the same instrument. It's just how it's played. And I have such a deep respect from people who who play well because. Mm. I certainly don't at this point. <laughs> well, think of think of the luckiest people in the world here because mm-hmm. this is a trait. They play the fiddle, right? But, <laughs> exactly. But, but well, they I, try new things. They well, try new things. You don't, Ray. You don't play the fiddle. Well, there must be something wrong with me. <laughs> I, I fiddle around a lot. How's yeah, that? Yeah. Okay. So the other thing I found out about you when we were having a discussion is you went to college and you got this magnificent degree in English among other things, and you came out and your one of your first jobs was as a copywriter? Yes, I actually, um, uh, Ray, Ray knew this, I actually had a major that was pretty much physical anthropology and religion, so wow. two very, very marketable skills. And um, <laughs> I, um, I, my first job out of college was in radio. And uh, which was fun because it allowed me to do what, what you're doing today, but also as a copywriter. And uh, I will say, though, that my father was not particularly pleased with this. His, his comment to me was, after all that education, you're being paid to write incomplete sentences. <laughs> as only a father would. <laughs> Okay, so this was our lead-in to why Ashley Allen is one of the luckiest people in the world. You know, you you look at, we started in anthropology. We we went and we took care of the Tribune newspapers, right? We ran them for years and years and years. And, and then we came off and we crafted our own business doing some incredibly interesting things. And uh, today what we want to focus on is this concept of personal branding, so tell us what personal branding is, Ashley. Well, I think probably the best thing to do is to say that all of those things that you mentioned, whether it was the sciences, whether it was debating philosophy and religion, whether it was a, a, my career in, in media, and I really didn't run those, those business units, little tiny parts of them. Um, <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> when you think of what is a personal brand? It really is how an individual shows up. It's what do you want to be known for? And it's that notion of how you provide value, how you interact with people. And what's interesting about it is every single person has a personal brand. If, you know, whether it's in business, whether it's your personal life, whether you're a parent, a child, you know, think of your siblings, think of your family members, everyone has a brand. It's whether or not you are aware of what your brand is. And to add to that, is it the brand that you want to project? Is it who you want to be? Is it who you want to be known for? Okay, you gave me an example when we were talking earlier 
about this uh, business client of yours. Uh, and uh, she evidently had this image that she wanted to have in the corporate world. And can you can you relate that story? Do you remember it? Oh, exactly. And this this is going back probably now about maybe even six or seven years ago. My as I said, my background was in marketing and copywriting, so I've I've kind of been dealing with consumer and product branding for many many years. And um, my my colleague had wanted to be known for being strategic. She wanted to be known for being a future oriented leader, a kind of a futurist, if you will, someone who really looks out onto the into the future and helps uh, people innovate. When she did a simple ask of people, she asked people, how am I showing up? You know, what am I known for? She got all these great words. She had collaborative, team player, smart, um, you know, effective, great presenter, but she didn't get the words she wanted. No one said she was strategic. No one said she was future oriented. So in a very, meaningful and intentional, but also a very authentic way, she realized I need to shift my behavior. And again, very genuinely, but instead of immediately going into things and saying, what are our deadlines tomorrow for this project? She said, you know, let's, before we get this meeting started, let's talk about where we want to be three years from now. And then kind of go into that. Okay, so uh, let's recap. I we're not done with this personal brand thing. I've got a whole lot of questions there, but this is just a part of what you do. Is that correct? You go That's into right. companies and you help build teams, and you do some consulting. I'm going to use the word Colby. Casey's not allowed to come in on that, <laughs> and uh, and and you help people develop a personal brand. Uh, what what am I missing? What are the other things that you do for people and for companies? Well, you, you pretty much touched on them. What One of the things, because my background from a professional standpoint earlier in my career was in strategic planning, scenario planning, corporate communications, and marketing, I realized that so many of these wonderful classic business processes can be applied to us personally. So when you think of a strategic plan for your career or a strategic plan for you know how you want your life to unfold, or a brand architecture of, you know, who do you want to be known as? What do you want to be known for? They're very simple processes that can be applied to people as individuals. But um, I have had the pleasure of working with people all around the world and really, you know, collaborating with them to help them transform good to great. And it's it certainly has just been a, a wonderful pleasure. Now, this is different than I, I always had this thought. Uh, going back about being able to step into a role and having a role that was really somebody else. And when I needed to be powerful in a business meeting, I would uh, become Lucy from Charlie Brown. And when I, when I wanted to back off and be subservient, I could be peanuts or, 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 or whatever. Okay. And uh, that's not what you're talking about here because we're not talking about fictitiously doing some things. We're talking about really going into our lives and figuring out who we are first and then how do we modify it. So uh, you're on comment, Miss Ashley. Well, I think, as you said it well, and I can perfectly see you as Lucy here, right? <laughs> I can just see that. Um, when, because we all have a brand, we all have self-perceptions. We, we think we know how we are seen by others, but oftentimes that's an inaccurate picture. And when you ask people, it's actually, it's very humbling. It's also 
eye-opening of, of the way others perceive us. And I think the best thing to do is get clarity on, on who you want to be and do kind of that wonderful exploratory process and then get comments from a wide group of people and then start to think what minor genuine behavior shifts could I make to reflect the brand that I want? Um, I'm, I'm going to jump in here and just say how, um, how uh, t- tough is it to balance um, changing your behaviors and working against your Colby? Hey, Sam, I'm so glad you you mentioned Colby. I I use a lot of different assessments and behavioral assessments and 360s in my practice, including Colby Wisdom and and the Colby A Index. All of those assessments are really wonderful lenses. Each one is a little bit different. They measure something as part of us as human beings are. And so they're great language. They're really wonderful resources. But none of them reflect the entire person. Mm-hmm. I think uh, first and foremost, your brand needs to reflect your own values, your mm-hmm. personal values. So you never want to stray from that because quite honestly, people will know it. People will notice it immediately. And and you think of it from a consumer product standpoint, it's a brand disconnect. You know, you're saying one thing, but you're showing me something else. Mm-hmm. A brand is, a, you know, it's an emotional response, whether it's about your, you know, McDonald's French fries or it's about your best friend. And you want that emotional response to be genuine. So you can have a wide range of emotions and still have them be very uniquely and authentically you. But it needs to be you as opposed to someone, someone else. As simple as that. Thing. But it comes down to it's it's the way other people perceive you. That's what the brand is. It's not really what you want. Well, it is what you want, but it's the way it comes down to the perception. Is that correct? That's how it's gauged. You and again, I, I encourage both of you and everyone in your audience to really try that. You know, ask a group of ten or fifteen of your colleagues or friends, "How do I show up?" Give me three or four adjectives. Give me some couple of brief descriptors that describe you know who I am, and you will be amazed what you hear. Some of them will be things that are you know comforting and complimentary. But you may have some real surprises that come through, both in a positive way and maybe a not so positive way. How how much does this uh, change with the audience that you have? I mean, do you do you have a brand for each audience? Like, if I want to be perceived by my grandchildren one way, and by my spouse another way, and by my friends another way, and by my business associates another way, or is this wrong? Do I do one personal brand? personally, I believe you are who you are. And if you, you can make some minor, you know, minor modifications, you might be a little more formal at work than you might be with your grandchildren. Um, but, and Ray, I, I, as you said, I've known you for years, you have an incredibly strong personal brand and it is who you are in whatever setting. Right. And I think that's the best way, because think about it. If you try to be someone you're not, it just takes a whole lot of energy. And and people recognize that and see that there's something not quite in sync or not something, you know, aligning. So there's hope for me being the luckiest guy in the world. You, you know, you, think? you, do, you, <laughs> you reflect that. And again, I, I, I do think you have an incredibly strong 
official brand. And not only it's not only how you reflect it, Ray, in in your joy in that, in your appreciation in that, it's how you widen the circle. It's how you bring others in and help them find ways to be the luckiest people in the world and appreciate their strengths and gifts. And you just bring us all in, which is, that is a rare gift. Okay, so how do you ask the question? If you're trying to assess what your brand is, the way people feel about you, what's the question you ask? And and who do you ask it to? Uh, uh, Anybody? You ask it to little kids? You ask it to adults? What do you do? Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned little kids because I'm a firm believer in, even if you're in a business setting trying to understand how you are perceived at work, ask children. Now, <laughs> perhaps not tweens or teens, but um, <laughs> ask, ask the six-year-old because that, you know, a five or six-year-old will give you an honest response. Usually it's with humor and it's just a completely different way that, that you are perceived. But I always say, ask a wide range of people, ask your fan club, you know, your great champions, ask people that might be, you know, people you've locked horns with, some of your critics, um, ask people who've known you for two weeks and for 25 years, get as wide a range of, of, of uh, observers, if you will, that you can. So I just go out and say, uh, hi, KC, what do you think of me? I don't I think know you what want, the answer would be. You don't be. want to ask me that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I wouldn't say how, you know, what do you think of you? I would say, how would you describe me? How do I show up? Oh, my God. I'm not sure I'm ready for this. <laughs> and, and, and again, I always say, make sure you know you're not looking for a testimonial. I mean, tell people, I want your honest opinion. Um, give me four adjectives. Give me a couple of brief phrases. And and be honest. And and realistically, I prefer to ask people via, you know, email or, you know, other social media as opposed to in person, partly because people need some think time. Um, but uh, and, and then thank them for their comments, whether you love them or not. OK, so if we want to get into really discovering our personal brand, you are able and willing to coach us. For an exorbitant amount of money, of course, an right? Exorbitant amount of money. That's <laughs> okay. why I'm one of the luckiest people in the world. No, <laughs> right. Um, no, I do. I work. I worked with several um, executives and and leaders in different um, industries on, first of all, understanding what brand they're projecting now, as well as what is the brand that they want to project. You know, how, what do, would they want to be known for in the future? How do they want to create value? in the future. And it's an interesting, it's a fun process. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful kind of um, introspective process as well. And, uh, and it's, it's an enjoyable one. Okay. So we're just about out of time over here. And this is Ashley Allen from Acacia Insights LLC. And your website is www.acaciainsights.com, right? That's correct. And we'll post that with our uh, with our podcast notes so that people can uh, remember and find that. And thank you so much for being with us because uh, this is something I didn't think about. You know, you think about Coca-Cola being a brand. You think about Xerox. You think about these. But Casey Dempster is a brand. You better yeah. believe it. 
Yes, and a very positive one. <laughs> and and uh, I think I think it's a it's wonderful insight, and I really think that there are most of us walk around without understanding that we are a brand, and you better understand what you're purveying and the way people perceive you if you want to enjoy life. So we're going to add this now to the criteria for being one of the luckiest people in the world. Oh, I love it. And we're gonna and and we're gonna we're gonna give you credit for it. So Ashley Allen says that to yeah. be one of the luckiest people in the world, you have to have a personal brand and be with it, right? Right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So uh, I thanks so much for being with us, and I think you can see why Ashley is one of the luckiest people in the world. She she just exudes so much interesting stuff. And, and I want to learn to play the fiddle, and there's no hope for me. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for your wife. <laughs> well, yes, my husband has noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Ashley. And uh, Casey, what are we going to be doing next week? Um, next week, we're going to have another great interview, and um, we want people to continue to listen because we are working very hard to bring you interesting and insightful interviews. And, and people we should look at, Ashley Allen icon, right? <laughs> yes. For the luckiest people in the world. That's right. Okay, thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules, a podcast designed to help you live your life the way you want and give you what you need to make it happen. Join us in two weeks for our next exciting topic on Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. <laughs>